fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. Happy 200 episodes. 200. Good. <laughs> First 10. Bad. <laughs> no good. <laughs> All right. Fucking, we did it. Bride of Frankenstein, we're here. 1935, directed by James Whale. I thought this was an appropriate movie to hit for 200. Me and you tossed a couple back and forth, and we both landed on this. Well, because this is one that we both love. We've both been wanting to do, but it's been one of those ones we've been holding back on. There's so many of those that you immediately want to like do your first year. And then, thank God we didn't. Because now we yeah. can do them our th- coming up on third year? Insane? It'll be year three in September, yeah. Yeah. So... Finally, we get to do Bride of Frankenstein, um, both episode 100 and 200 black and white movies, just saying the best kind of movie. I mean, they're good, yes. Only black and white movies are good. People are talking about how we have this, where we think black and white movies are classier and better and everything. But in reality, they're not. We just preserved the ones that really were good, and no one watches, like the terrible ones for the most part anymore. So we have this view of like, if we only showed the cream of the crop movies to someone a hundred years from now, they're like, movies were so great back then. But in reality, we just don't watch the bad stuff. It's like, no, Jack and Jill has been like swept under the rug. No one knows that. That was a purposely lost movie. (laughs) Exactly. So like the, the black and white's great, but it's, I don't think any better because it's old. We just remember the really good old ones. Oh, yeah, you want to see some terrible black and white movies, watch almost any episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like... Exactly. But, dude, Bride of Frankenstein, I I love this movie. This is one of my favorite Universal Monster movies. My favorite Frankenstein movie, for sure. Like, it's up near the top. I debate always if it is my top. Like, it's really high up there for me. This is another one of the ones that's so hard to pick between the first three. Of I love the first one so much, it's so classic. This one builds on the first one in a great way of, like, the monster is given more character, he's given more to do kind of thing. And then the third one has Bela Lugosi, which is, of course, amazing. I think when me and you talked a little bit before the other day, you said it's kind of almost like Empire Strikes Back, because Frankenstein is a Hall of Fame movie for us, we both gave it a 10. It's great. And so they're not going to top it. And they bring this thing out. And I'm like, holy crap. They just amp up everything in it. It's like the town people running from the monster through the town. Like, you, it's like they threw a bigger budget at it, it feels like. I don't know if that's the case or not. But you know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, we have something here. Well, yeah, it definitely seems like they had much more of a budget for this one. Um, which makes sense because Frankenstein and Dracula like made Universal what it was and helped them through like the Depression and World War II and stuff. Funny you say that you bring me to one of my first facts of the episode. The producer, um, Junior something, I don't remember, but who was like kind of involved in all these Universal monster movies. This was his last one. And Universal kind of gave him the shitty end of the stick here where like, hey, thanks for making us all this money, but you're using too much budget during the depression, even though like this is what got them through as a studio that time he was let go pretty much after this movie. And this was the last of the universal monster movies that he had a hand in. And I feel crazy for not remembering his name all of a sudden, but the guy who kind of helmed the early ship of it. 
Carl Limley Jr. That's it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, and we we almost see when they start to like cut corners and whatnot in the forties when like we start getting the uh Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula. They're still pretty good, but they're not to this caliber. Yeah, it's not till you hit like Wolfman and Creature from the Black Lagoon. They still have their shining moments after this, but it yes. takes they're fewer and further between. Yeah, and also that was had a lot to do with there was like a changing of the heads of Universal and the new ones coming in like hated these kinds of movies. So they're like, ha, get them away. And that's why Son of Frankenstein takes so long to come out. Now, something else about this movie is a lot of the Universal monster movies, they have sequels, but honestly, they could be their own movie for the most part. There's like barely any cast. People who played different characters are playing different characters in this one, which we get a little bit of that here, but not as much. This one still feels like a true sequel. Like you could watch them almost back to back. Well, to the point of like the last one ends at the windmill. This one begins at the windmill. That's now just collapsing and whatnot. I'm, I'm going to have to be that guy for a second here, Britt. The well, last I one know. does not end at the windmill. The last one ends with the toast to the House of Frankenstein, which they kind of Evil Dead 2 Army of Darkness flubbed the ending there. Uh, I know, and I know this one doesn't technically begin with the windmill, because it starts with Mary Shelley, afraid exactly. of the storm, and blah, 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 blah. The Don't tell me you wouldn't be monster. doing that. Don't tell me you wouldn't be doing that to me if I did it. <laughs> yes, but I did it, so I don't care. <laughs> You better say Frankenstein's monster this whole episode, then. Well, this one I will, because we're dealing with Frankenstein in it, too. There's Dr. Frankenstein and Monster Frankenstein. Yeah, and even in this movie, like, when people cite about the confusion between the monster's name and the doctor's name, even in this one, they go, The Bride of Frankenstein. Exactly. The doctor's not fucking it. Now, maybe the doctor made the bride for the monster, so it's still, like, his bride, but not to be wed to him. I don't know. So, wait a minute. So, if it's more of a father thing, he's also the father of the monster. Yeah, uh, adopted. It gets tricky. This is more of maybe a god thing. of Like, yeah, technically Adam and Eve, it was just the two people and it went from there, but it's been so long, it doesn't matter. Speaking of the God thing, did you notice how much, like, religious imagery is scattered throughout this movie? Yeah, exactly. Like, they literally crucify the monster in this movie, which is, like, one of the best images. Do you remember Rob Zombie, that All Hail Jesus Frankenstein song? I'm pretty sure it's about that. Oh, I guarantee it. That's kind of on the head. Yes. But I guess let's jump into this thing because we have a lot to cover. We could sit here and just blab about it for a while. Yeah, usually I do the let's record this fucker as Lugosi, but let's record fucker. Good. All right. If you are new here, one, thank you for jumping in at episode 200. We'll kind of walk through the story beat for beat and talk about it and then do some stuff at the end. So it starts off with Mary Shelley, also played by Elsa Lancaster, who plays the bride at the end. I think it's really cool because she gets like a speaking part and stuff and it kind of ties the whole movie together with a nice bow having her bookend it. Yeah, at least she gets to do this instead of just hiss and, like, look around like a bird at the end. Dude, so uh, there was 15 minutes cut out of this movie. Do you want to know what they were about? 
oh god was it like an actual character for the bride well it was for some violent scenes deaths but the majority of the cuts were because she showed too much cleavage at the beginning of this movie oh pooey <laughs> she's not bad at all but that's what they were mad about and made them cut i'll take some monster titties yes and not even the monster when she's mary shelley is when they're complaining oh, even better Yes, that's what they're mad about. That's what got cut. You want to talk about stuffy, Greg. We've covered Hammer movies. Greg complains about all the stuff. He's like, this isn't Thanksgiving. What's all this stuffing doing here? The opening yes. of this movie is the stuffiest party ever. Of It's just people standing around in way too much clothing that's all fancy. Like, oh, my dear, do ravage us with another great tale from that pretty little tiny mind of yours you handsome woman it's like they i forget what they say oh they call her bland it's like she is not bland and also that's a horrible thing to say to somebody dude i don't know i can take this stuffiness one it doesn't go on so long i can take this dose of stuffiness and enjoy it when it's a whole movie of stuffiness like that last frankenstein i almost said no more 200 change it i don't want to see the name frankenstein after that I remember Greg being like, oh, do you want to do Curse of Frankenstein so close to Bride? And I'm like, trust me, they're very different. <laughs> I was disappointed. But anyway, and Lord Baron is rolling his R's so much like a like with every word he says. Oh, yeah. Well, he's being very fancy. Yes. We get a recap of the last movie, Friday the 13th style. Yeah, which I rather enjoy, and it's kind of Mary Shelley saying it, because at one point there's lightning, and she's like, oh, I'm so afraid. It's like, Shelley, darling, would you please light me a candle? It's like, the candle's right there. And would you like to hear what happened after that is basically our whole intro into the movie. And it's kind of interesting where this all takes place before the book has been published, because they talk about, like, oh, this frightful tale. I cannot believe it's not been picked up, basically. And she's like, oh, maybe one day, as she stares into the camera and winks. like, <laughs> Yes. It starts right at the windmill collapse, and there's the big mob there and everything. And the Burgermeister, different, different actor than the last movie, a little disappointed with this. Oh, but who do we get, Greg? We get Uno O'Connor, Minnie, the greatest screamer of, in all of Universal. <laughs> if you've ever seen <laughs> Invisible Man, you know this person. She's great. I love her so much. And she's throughout the entire movie sporadically. She's like the comic relief. of She's the old woman that runs around. She's in everyone's business. Oh, what are you doing over there, Mr. Frankenstein? Oh, the, oh what are you telling me to get away from the fire? The, oh, the fire is still going. It's not out yet. And if you remember the end of Frankenstein, when Henry was thrown over the window and he just ragdolls, clearly breaking his spine into a trillion pieces. But he's fine. Well, they think he's dead and they carry him out, but he's not. Well, and then for some reason, Minnie is like, he'll never speak again. Where are you getting that from? Why are you saying this to the poor man's, like, brand new wife? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone disperses, but little Maria from the first movie, the girl who Frankenstein threw into the lake, she her parents are there and stay, and the father wants to see the monster dead. Honestly, makes sense in this case. It's not like typical movie i want to see him die i'm like yeah i get that here 
yeah it's a little bit more understandable also the uh, wife is like no like i don't want to lose you too first our daughter and water now you burning was this freddy versus jason like um, I love how the like cop or whatever the constable is like. Okay, everyone, move along. Every decent man and woman should be in bed. And it's like, no, like nothing ever happens in this tiny little village. We just chased a monster and burned it. Maybe we'll stay up a little tonight. <laughs> but as the father is walking through the fiery remains, he falls through the floor into water underneath the windmill. And I love the reveal of the monster, like, popping out of the water and everything. Well, it's, like, the worst thing. Well, he also turns into a dummy and, like, teeter-totters his way down into the water. And, yeah, the monster comes out, of course, which has to be like, oh, fuck. The wife also has to be like, I told you! You fucking asshole! (laughs) Dude, and there's this random owl just watching it all go down. Oh, of course. Creepy. Woo! He drowns him and strangles him in the water, and the wife mistakenly helps the monster out reaching for his hand, and doesn't realize it's him at first, like it's turned around, turns back, screams, and she's thrown down into the pit and breaks her back on the way down. So, the monster has killed this entire family. Yes. Uh, A little harder to be sympathetic with him. I mean, as far as like, oh, he didn't do anything wrong in this movie. Well, the only thing that could have made it worse is if they panned to the cabin and there's just a tiny baby sitting there like waiting for mommy and daddy to come back. Like, goo goo. <laughs> and then, uh, what's his name in the movie? Minnie. Minnie, oh, thank you. But she turns around and sees the monster and she screams and runs and she goes back into town and everything. And she's telling everyone the monster's alive. And everyone's like, pish posh. Of course not. Dude, it's a monster. You don't know what it takes to kill it. You did drop a burning windmill on him, but still like, is it so hard to believe it didn't die? Not only does she scream, she's like, Ooh, ee, ah, and like goes running away (laughs) Henry's corpse is taken to Elizabeth his brand new wife but he's not a corpse he's alive oh yeah because his arm moves and Minnie goes "Ah, he's alive Ah!" (laughs) the next day Henry's in bed and wants to continue his work here that's important because he changes his mind 50 times and Elizabeth starts going mad, like she sees shadows of darkness, they're here now, and everything. That's just dropped out of nowhere. Yeah, no, no, they're coming to get you. I won't let them. Henry, Henry! And Henry's like, I see nothing, darling. Also, this is the day after you're thrown off a windmill, on, and you're braced. Like, the only thing stopping you was your back. You, you weren't sick. You're not getting over a virus kind of thing. He's laying in bed, like, basically eating chicken noodle soup and watching, like, Jerry Springer. <laughs> yes, Sprite. It's like, oh, this will make you feel better. And this night, he's running off to go do experiments again. It's been a day. He's fine. Yeah. Dude, it is wild when you think the timeline. This is a day after Frankenstein, the movie. And people are taking the news of a monster alarmingly well. Well, yeah, there so many of them are like, pish posh. Oh, no, monster, it's just a crazy man. It's like, no, if you saw him. 
That night, Brett, who arrives? Dr. Pretorius? What was the name yep. again? Pretorius. Pretorius? What a peculiar name. Pretorius. Dr. Pretorius arrives. He is the perfect villain for this movie. I love him so much. Oh my God. He's such a great addition to this. Of Like you said, like right now, uh, Dr. Frankenstein's being a little wishy-washy. He's kind of embarrassed by what he's done. He's afraid by what he's done. He's brought life to a corpse. He's like bringing up like, I don't know if like, this could be something against God. Like you said, God keeps coming up in this movie. Pretorius is just like, I've heard what you've done. I've made many people that make no sense. <laughs> the tiny people, I can't wait. We'll get there in a minute. But he tells them like, he knows what he's done. And together, they'd be unstoppable pretty much and everything. And he kind of blackmails them with murder charges. But... I don't think that's your call to make, Doc. No, not whatsoever. And it seems like most people are creeped out by you or hate you. So, yeah. I think you not liking me is okay. But when he says he's also created new life, it gets Henry's attention. And he goes with him to his lab. They take the carriage and they get out and everything. And they make a toast. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I love that uh, gin is such a major weakness. That's a hard liquor. If you drink too much of it, you're Mr. Leahy. Like, it's not just like, oh, I enjoy a piece of chocolate from here and there. <laughs> it's like, no, I drink straight gin constantly. <laughs> In my more exciting days, I used to like gin. I only tried it once. I was always a vodka person. Vladimir vodka yeah. in the plastic bottle. Oh, yeah. He brings out this trunk full of things, and he takes all these, like, jars with covers on them out and sets them on the table to reveal the tiny bottle people. Everyone, because everyone, like, there's so many documentaries on the Universal Monsters and Universal at this time and Frankenstein by itself. Everyone mentions the little people in this movie, and they're like, yeah, that part's not so great. It's weird. Not sure why that's there, but... Okay. You know what I think it really was? Is you forget, like, in the 2023 lens of it all, how groundbreaking a lot of these effects were and everything. And to be honest, they hold up pretty well of these people in the jars. It's not poorly rotoscoped. We saw worse rotoscoping in the 80s. Like, it's oh, yeah. pretty well done. Like, I think they just wanted to show off that they could do it. Work this into the script. Well, they have Pretorius pick up the king with tongs and, like, take him all the way across the screen back to his jar. And this is 1935. The 1980s blob, they have the, a moment where they run in front of the blob and it looks horrible. Yeah, I'm thinking, of like, Critters 2 when Charlie's meeting Charlie and they circle around each other and it, like, clips into each other and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, he's showing him all the little people. There's a king, a queen, a bishop, a mermaid, a ballerina. The devil? Yeah, so, the devil. <laughs> you just made an evil person. It's like he made the actual devil. <laughs> it looks like me, don't you think? A charming little man. Maybe the world would be much better if we had gotten away with these angels and just went with the devils. And at this moment, I'm like, Frankenstein's the very first work of science fiction. 
and they, this doesn't quite fit, and they even call that out. Like, Henry's like, this isn't science, it's more like black magic. Yeah. But he wants nothing to do with it, but Pretoria's like, you created a man, and now together we'll create his mate. Look, did they get, like, did they talk to the monster? Like, maybe check out his online dating profile, what he's interested in, his likes, dislikes? Because you can't just throw two people in a room together and expect them to hit it off. No like brunette. Want redhead. Give me that ginger. (laughs) I'd like them a little bit more pale. Maybe some freckles. (laughs) But speaking of the monster, it's been a while since we've seen him, so we cut to him right now, drinking from the river, and very sad, he's mad at his reflection. Well, yeah, he, like, finally sees himself. Even he's like, ugly. Also, there's, like, a sheep. And it keeps like, like extreme close-ups. I always love it. It's so funny. It's cute. Yeah. And this little shepherd girl like comes over and he scares her into the water and jumps in to rescue her. Is trying to help her out and everything, but she's screaming. And there's two guys, I think, out hunting the monster or are they just hunting? I think they're just hunting because don't they think the monster's dead? Because uh, yeah, you're I probably know, right. Yeah, many ran into town being like, "Oh, the monsters are woo, yeah, <laughs> kind of thing." But everyone's like, "Oh, she's just a crazy old woman. Like, we're not going to pay her any attention." I also love how the little like what you shepherd girl is like ah, and falls into the water directly in front of the monster. You're on a hill. You could have run away. Yeah. They shoot at him, they hit him in the shoulder, and word spreads to town incredibly fast. And a whole mob is just at the ready to assemble and everything, and they're chasing through the woods. He climbs onto a rock and drops a boulder onto one of the people chasing them, but they surround him, and they tie him to the stake. It looks like they're crucifying him, and lift him into the air like Jesus and everything, and they take him back into town. Get your crucified monsters here! You already bought your pitchforks and your rakes. Come over here and get your crucified monsters here. (laughs) (laughs) Then this is like a basement dungeon thing they take him to and lock him into a bondage chair. (laughs) He stays there (laughs) for a total of like 20 seconds. Well, there's like all the townspeople are surrounding like the outside window. Of course, Minnie's right there being like, oh, you better lock him up good. Don't let him get out like last time. They're like, oh, get away from that window there. Clear out. Go to bed. Go to bed. They're like, it's still people to sleep. And they're like, <laughs> are you sleeping? Are you working or praying? No. Well, you better be sleeping for tomorrow. <laughs> But yeah, he quickly breaks out, and I love this scene, actually, when he's breaking out and everything, because he's running through the town, and everyone's running away. This just feels bigger budget to me. I don't know why. Like, this feels like that's one of those moments where the sequel's just turning it up higher. Oh, 100%. And I, even though, like you said, it's only, like, a few, like, seconds he's basically locked up, it's cool to see, like, the strength of him, of, like, oh, shit, like, a normal jail is not going to hold this kind of person. Of he breaks out of like the giant chair, he rips the door off the hinges. Um, he just like clubs people and they instantly die. Yes, that night, I think it's the shepherd family at at a fire in the woods. Well, yeah, because I it's don't something know about like we must get out of here, there's monsters about blah blah blah. Uh, also, during his the monster's big rampage. 
he kills another little girl out of nowhere. Yes. Yeah, again, hard to feel sympathy for you here, bud. Yeah, the first one, it's like, okay, you were brand new. It was an accident. You didn't know what you were doing. This one, you're just like, you seem a little bit more aware. Yes. I love the family at the fire. The old lady's like, where's the pepper and salt? It just reminds me of being at Greg's house. And I was like, oh, man, this meal looks really good. I just want a little bit of pepper and salt. He's like, well, here's the pepper. Like, okay, uh, what about the salt? He's like, ah, where is that salt? How do you not have that at the ready? I almost have holsters on the sides of my, like, belt for pepper and salt at all times. I have a heart condition. (laughs) (laughs) I probably will one day as well, but I still enjoy salt. But as soon as I saw that, I sent Greg a picture. With the pepper and salt? Where's your pepper and salt? She's, like, smoking a pipe. And the son's like, mother, like, your steak will be ready in a minute. She's like, bleh. But the monster shows up and doesn't try attacking them, just tries taking their food that's cooking over the fire. But he drops into the fire and he's terrified of fire and he just runs away. Well, he wanders into camp, ruins the meal, scares everyone, and then just wanders away. He never even gets, like, the chicken or whatever they're making. It's a simple life. Yeah. He comes across this blind man playing violin in his cottage, and he loves it. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the, was it music, soothe the monster kind of thing. A cool thing someone brought up and I was thinking about is... This is still, it's not one of the earliest, but still early into the talkies. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So a lot of, and this one is the first time in Universal Monster movies they really focused on a score. They just didn't have a song or two. Like, they really, like, put some work into the scoring of the whole movie. And, like, a lot of people, this is probably one of the, like, first times they really heard something played like this. Not everybody, I know. But, like, some people, like, further out who just didn't know anyone who did anything musically. This could have been, like, a first time they're hearing music like this, done as a score and the violin part and everything like that. Oh, yeah, the people that ran away from the train on the screen. Yes. He's blind! Steal his wallet! Steal his wallet! And they're up at the screen clawing at it. Like, get the bread! (laughs) Hey, why can I not get this bread? They're, like, chewing on the screen. This doesn't taste (laughs) like bread. (laughs) <laughs> the bread moved they're chasing it around like a cat in a laser <laughs> oh, he's, got, he's got the wine now crack the wine <laughs> the theater workers coming with brooms beating them away <laughs> they're spritzing them, spritzing them with spritz bottles get back get back We'll set the train on you. Don't, don't put the train on. <laughs> they change the wheels to the train to get them all out. Ah! They go running out of the theater. I'll drop my notebook and everything. Well, it's very much, I feel so bad for this blind man, because he's like, he says, like, no one other than himself has been inside this cabin for years. Um, He's going on about, like, I prayed to God for a friend. You're my friend now. You have no choice. Oh, you can't speak? Even better. You can't say no. Come here. Drink this. Lie in my bed. Go to sleep. It's okay. Dude, he's super nice to him, and the monster's super appreciative of it and everything. Like, he's 
And the next day, he's teaching them language and stuff, and the monster's picking up on it, like, super fast and everything. And they're like, bread! And the monster's like, bread! It just bites into the whole loaf and everything. Oh, drink? <laughs> as he pours them, like, wine, and he's drinking. Ah, drink! Drink good! Ah, ah. He's, like, spilling it all down himself. And then they do the classic of, this is smoke! Smoke is good! It's good to smoke! And now... For a smoke. Especially Marlboro <laughs> Reds. Like, and he's like, yeah. smoke! Ah! Because he's scared of the fire at first. He's like, no, this is good, good! And he gets, this is just a scene of Frank, the monster of Frankenstein just smoking a cigar and having a great time. Oh, it's like immediately, like, well, here's some, like, alcohol. Here's a vice. Oh, here's also smoking. Here's another vice. Welcome to being a human! <laughs> Yes. He says, we are friends, you and I. And he goes, I was so alone. And the monster, alone, bad, friends, good. And the guy says something about, like, I will teach you. And that's what I will give to you. And you will give me comfort. (laughs) What's that mean? Frankenstein, not sure if he consenting. Where, how far we take this relationship? Maybe get more wine. He gives him the violin to make him play more music, and as he is, two hunters stop by, and he's like, oh, come in, friends. This is the nicest guy ever. He's like, no one's ever stopped here, and in 24 hours, three people have stopped by on two separate occasions. He's like, he just hit the friend lottery. He's gonna make them stay, too. More prisoners! I mean, friends! Come in, friends! Eat this soup! Uh... So James Well wanted this guy to play the blind man so badly, and he does do a great job. Like, he actually oh, yeah. kills it. Like, you feel for this guy, and he makes you actually believe, like, he'd care for the monster and everything. They delayed filming two weeks because he was working on something else, and James Well refused to take someone else for the role because he wanted him for it. Good, because he is awesome. Like, I love him. Uh, like you said, like, we've mentioned a couple times and already in this review, the monster is kind of not as redeemable as he has been in the last one here. It gives him a little bit more humanity of like, okay, now he can talk. He's kind of understanding emotions. Like he kind of cries at one point. And I've mainly been joking saying that Karloff sells it like crazy here. Again, I don't even know if we mentioned Karloff yet in the episode, but he's just so fucking perfect as the monster. He's so great in the first one and this one they get the he gets even more to play with of there's a documentary that was talked about like when Bella Lugosi turned down Frankenstein because he's like, oh, it's just a monster in makeup. There's nothing there. And then they said, well, Bride of Frankenstein is when Bella could have really shown through and like actually really brought something good to the performance where he was thinking it was just dumb monster movie and it turned out to be such a big thing and that's he kind of regretted that oh yeah i imagine so but yeah karloff is just so amazing this is like one of his best performances and there's a great thing i saw in the one documentary as well where they're like he definitely wasn't a starving actor anymore frankenstein's monster put on a few pounds between each uh between the movies because for the first time in forever he had, like, enough money to actually eat well. Dude, and people said that, I'm like, man, 1930s times were different, because that still looks like a skinny man to me. Oh, yeah. But if you do look at them back-to-back, the first one, he's much more, like, 
skeletal, which actually would even yeah. work for the movies. If the first one, he was a dead body. This one, he's been given more time to maybe like get the blood flowing a little bit. He's eaten some food. He's been introduced to nicotine. That's healthy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here, heroin. Heroin is good. Heroin, good. Robin before does not condone heroin. <laughs> the two hunters are in the house, and of course they realize he's the monster, and a fight ensues, and the house catches on fire in the fight. And I feel terrible for Frankenstein's and this dude, because I'm like, he just burnt down the only dude who was nice to him's house. It's like they're leading the old man out, and he's like screaming, he's like yelling, he's like, what have you done? Where is my friend? Why are you burning my house down? Like this poor old man. <laughs> Dude, did you notice when the monster comes out of the house, though? The house is ablaze. They clearly have, like, a flamethrower pointed out the window. They just keep clicking on <laughs> and off. Did you oh, notice yeah. that? Oh, it's... I didn't exactly notice that, but I know that house went up fucking fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's on his own again. He's chased through the cemetery by a bunch of people going after him. He hides in a crypt. This just reminds me of like a Misfits music video. It's like Frankenstein oh, wandering through the cemetery. It's black and white. This is still the great Gothic cemeteries where it's the gangly weird trees. It's the old tombstones and like the f old wire fences are up. It's great. Yeah. And he wanders down into a tomb. And who do we meet once again playing another character? Carl Dwight Fry. Dwight Fry. Hell yeah. Holy shit. Fucking Dwight Fry. I love him so much. If there was anyone that was screwed over by Universal more than Bella Lugosi, it was Dwight Fry. Because look at, he went from like the heights of like Dracula and Frankenstein to this one, he's diminished to like more of a minor character. And then in later movies, he's just man in background. Yes, he's just hanging around on set. He didn't have anywhere to go. Please let me in your movie. People know me. They like me. In 2023, two <laughs> middle-aged guys will be talking about you on a podcast. We're not middle-aged yet, are we? I don't know. It depends on when you when die, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> For 60, we are. <laughs> yeah. The grave robbers come in with Dr. Pretorius, and they crack <laughs> open a grave for him. Oh, yeah, and the grave yeah. robbers are very much like... We don't know if we want to do this creepy work anymore. I love when they leave. They're like, how about next time we just turn ourselves in and let us hang us? Yes, I like that idea quite a lot. <laughs> but there's just Pretorius left in the crypt with all the bones that he's taken out. And he's laughing and smoking and eating a meal next to the bones like they're his date. And then the monster shows up and says, oh, I thought I was alone. Here, and he sees him smoking, and the most like, smoke, friend. <laughs> he eats and drinks with him. I love, he's just laughing at the monster. He doesn't know what he's doing. Need my fix. Do you have maybe a patch I could wear? Um, but yeah, it's Pretorius is just like, you guys can go along. I quite like it here. It's like goth before goth was a thing. Of just like, I'm going to sit down here and listen to some Bauhaus. Bella Lugosi's dead. But he tells the monster he's making a woman for him, and he asks, does he know who Henry is? And he's very clearly talking here, not pretty much like, yes, made me. He knows exactly who he is. 
Yes, made me who I am. He make me woman. Later, Pretorius goes to see Henry again, and Minnie goes in to tell him he's there. Like, send him away. Absolutely. But he just walks in the side entrance, because there's multiple doors leading to this bedroom, as she walks out to tell him no. And Henry says he's not going to help anymore, but... He's like, I thought you might say that. Let me reveal my new assistant as the monster walks in. I feel like they should have did a call, bo- call back and had him walk in backwards here. That would have been funny. I also think about Pretorius. Like, Minnie opens the door and Pretorius is like, God damn it, not you again. It's like, God, Dr. Pretorius. It's like, I'm just going to, like, lose you. Like, I'm going to get inside the house and then just, like, walk around you and disappear. I don't want to deal with you anymore. Henry's still declining, and then the monster leaves and takes Elizabeth, also a different actress this movie. The original Elizabeth was very sick at this time and couldn't act anymore, but takes her as ransom, so Henry agrees to help, so he'll get her back. Well, it's great because um, the monster comes in, Henry's like, no, send him away! And Pretorius is like, alright, if you help me. And as Pretorius is leading leading the monster out of the room, he's like, now, go do it, kind of thing. So it's like, go get the wife. Why do I feel like in the book they killed Elizabeth for the parts for the mate? Oh, that would have been interesting. I think, I think they did in the book. I can't remember. Okay. I've not read the book, so. Because this is still the original book. Like, they end the first movie, like, at the kind of first act of the book. Okay. I tried to read the book once. I couldn't do it. It's very old-time wordy and everything. Yeah, it's a lot of words where my brain isn't comprehending. I- I'll read Hunter Thompson. I know what those words mean. Acid. <laughs> but um, they're working in the lab, and the heart, the artificial heart that Dr. Pretorius has made is beating, but stops. He And Henry says he needs another young heart, and they send Carl to get one from the hospital, someone who died suddenly, young woman, and he goes quote-unquote, to the hospital, just kills a woman on the street for her heart. It's so great when Henry's talking to Pretorius, and Henry's like, young women die suddenly every day. And Pretorius is like, yes, they do. Like, he's just, like, reassuring him, like, no, Carl isn't just gonna go kill a woman and bring her heart to you. No, it's gonna be from the medical examiner. Later, I love how Henry must have fallen asleep because he's been working nonstop in the middle of the night on this after his wife was just kidnapped. You know, he's under a lot. He falls asleep at work and the monster shakes him awake. He's like, work! (laughs) It's like, I must sleep. I cannot work under these conditions. Monster's like, work, work, sleep bad. Sleep after work done. This This is also right around when, like, they got the new heart. And Dr. Frankenstein's like, oh, it's wonderful. And Carl's like, it was a fresh one. It's like, what do you mean by that? Carl's being too creepy. He's about to give it away. Yeah. Like, I had to dig it out myself through her anus. (laughs) Um, Henry's like, I'm not going to work with this monster, like, torture me. So Pretorius distracts the monster with booze and puts something in it that knocks (laughs) him out. Oh, yeah. It's like, because... He's like, drink? And Monster's like, oh yeah, drink good. Need fix. Starting to get shaky. And yeah, he dumps something out in front of him, which the monster's not going to know. But it's like, I feel like 
you know when you give like your dog a pill and like cheese and then after a while it starts stops trusting cheese i feel like it's gonna be that kind of thing my dogs have never stopped trusting cheese they would do anything for cheese oh my parents dogs like uh, over the years have had to be on like different medications on and off and have stopped trusting lunch meat altogether it's so funny <laughs> they will not take it um by the way uh, after the monster's knocked out they bring out this crazy only two mad scientists could have something like this futuristic piece of technology Oh, to prove that's... to Henry that Elizabeth is alive. It's basically a proof of life call, like in a ransom situation. It's like, I have this machine that will let you hear Elizabeth's voice from another destination. Yeah, they go through so much work to not call it a telephone. <laughs> oh, yeah, because like, well, was, was it, uh, who did the telephone? I know monster stuff. I don't know that. Uh, Thomas Edison, I think. Yeah, sure. No, uh, Alexander Graham Bell, I think. Oh, okay. He's like, no, he's still alive at this time, possibly, so he might sue us. <laughs> Dude, you know the only reason I know that? Is the Spongebob movie. <laughs> when they, in the knickknack store, they saw Alexander Clam Bell with the telephone. <laughs> That's, That's the only reason I know that. We don't need trivial things like that. We need to know about Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff. But the storm starts, and dude, this is just a silly little detail that I think is so cool. How instead of just waiting for lightning to strike the rod, they launch these, like, kites out. And it looks so cool. I'm like, yeah, more of this. Well, it's, this is also where it plays into the bigger budget, I feel. Of, like, yeah. the laboratory scene feels so much more grand and big and whatnot. And the conductor is lowered over the body, um half reveal here they take the sheets off and you see the mummified woman and everything and the machines are sparking and whirring and going all electric crazy and everything while all this is going on the lightning's going off there's sparks everywhere frankenstein's monster just kills dwight fry again he's like really <laughs> fucking hates dwight fry like i remember like, i imagine it's just like the fritz family it's like carl fritz 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 there's Mama Fritz. They're all just mad scientists, like henchmen. I like to picture Boris Karloff just really hated Dwight Fry. <laughs> 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 he threw him off the top of the set. He was mad at him. James Whale was like, no, Karloff, don't do that. He just throws him <laughs> off like a 20-foot set. Die! It's like, wow, he's, he's going method with this. Dwight Fry always got the shitty end of these rolls. Like, I remember Dracula when he gets kicked out the stairs and he rolls down, like, 20 flights of stairs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, poor Dwight Fry. But the they lower the bride and we get a, she's alive. Yeah, we get a, it's alive, alive, but it's not as good as the original. She's alive. There's no, no, I know what it feels like to be God. Dr. Frankenstein's like, yeah, been here, done that. Well, that was one of the things they cut this time a lot, too, was a lot of the um, playing God references and stuff like that. That was another thing they cut. They Again, only some of it was murders and violence. It was cleavage and religious stuff that they cut out the rest of it. So weird. There was a funny quote by James Whale, I don't know it exactly, but when he filmed all the extra monster murders, he said, kill them all, let the censors sort it out. <laughs> That's great. 
Well, well, I've heard that before of directors will put something way over the top that they know is going to get cut in the movie. So the lesser thing won't get cut that they actually want in the movie. Yeah. I know uh, Scream 2, that's what Wes Craven did. Like, he tried to add some extra blood and everything, but they just approved it anyway. Which is like, oh, awesome. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> but they unwrap her, we get the big reveal and everything. And she looks fucking awesome. Let's take a minute here. The Bride of Frankenstein. Da-da! She looks amazing. She really, really does. And Pretty I feel awesome. like... With the little bit that she's given to work with, she does her best. Like, Elsa Lancaster is great. Love her. Like, I've seen her in other movies as well. She's a good actor. But I so wish they gave the bride more to do. Like, why wasn't she in the sequel? I know. Or more than five minutes. Or give her her own movie. Like, Dracula's Daughter's a thing, which Dracula's Daughter isn't bad. It's the sequel to Dracula. You could have had the bride have her very own movie, and I feel like it would have been better than Dracula's Daughter. You made that. And she's such an iconic, like, just image. Like, you know, like, I guarantee you most of Gen Z has never seen Bride of Frankenstein. But if you show them this image, everyone knows who that is. Exactly. It's like, it's amazing how big this character has gotten off of, like, less than five minutes of screen time. And no speaking words whatsoever. She just looks around all herky-jerky and hisses and screams. I, I have one of those Bride of Frankenstein ceramic busts behind me right now. Oh, and I see Bride of Frankenstein stuff out, and I'm like, oh, I love it. I want it. Don't know why. Like, I don't know how. I guess it's just that she looks so cool that it kind of grabbed yeah. the attention of everyone. And this movie was, I think was that's what so it is. big. Like, at the time, this was giant but they should have done so much more for her yeah and i think everyone saw the potential in it and like oh this could be awesome in another movie we just never got it no because universal at the time was fucking stupid they dissed bella lugosi they do dissed dwight fry this is what this is all the bride that we get which it could have been so amazing we could have had like a bride of husband of Frankenstein thing with she has her own movie. Come on. Dude, and the bad thing is like movies like later in time would take this like I'm thinking of Bride of Reanimator, Frankenhooker, Return of the Living Dead 3, the Monster Woman reveal. And like you could tell it's very Bride of Frankenstein inspired, but they actually let their monsters do a little bit more. And I just wish we got a little bit more of that here. And I'm complaining about a movie I love. Like, maybe they did the right thing and it left me wanting more, but man, I wish we got it. Well, I this movie should have been left alone how it is, let's say. Perfectly, this is it. Now, Son of Frankenstein happens, let's say. The Bride doesn't like Frankenstein. She gets her own movie. And how great would that have been? It's like almost that thing yeah. of, like, could have been, would have been so great. There's so many of those, like, unmade scripts from this time with universal and all of these actors there's a great like one where bella was going to be with Karloff and like lon cheney jr were all going to be together and it sounded amazing then they made like yeah. house of frankenstein and it's nowhere near good like as good it's still good in a way but not as not what it could have been exactly like the bride is awesome, but should have gotten a lot more time. But 
the original monster enters the room fresh off of killing Dwight Fry again and goes, friend? But she's terrified of him. She screams oh, yeah. like and tries to move away from him and everything. She sits down. The original monster sits next to her, like kind of holds her hand and strokes it. She looks over and screams again. Well, also, like, the bride is literally 30 seconds old. Her brain yes. is brand new. It's not your brain, monster Frankenstein, of, like, there's some memories locked in there because it was another person's brain. No, she has to learn everything. This is like a newborn. Dude, and if you'd give her just a little bit, she'd be fine. Look at what the Frankenstein's doing in just, like, maybe a week. Well, and I think at one point they weren't, like, they were hoping to maybe to keep the monster away from her for a little bit more because at one point dr pretorius tries to like keep the monster away and the monster's like and like pushes him out of the way and goes over and like holds her hand as she like screams at him she, he i love the line of the monster of, she hate me she hate me I like i felt that yes. before <laughs> and the monsters by the lever brett there's a lever that just blows all this up. Okay, so. It's like, because uh, Pretorius is like, no, get away from that, you will blow us to atoms! Why is there the atom level, lever right there? Out in the open, there's not a glass case around it, there's not, like, a lock on it. Like, a, one of the bats could have flown in through one of the open windows and just landed on it and destroyed everything. Right then, Elizabeth also, I guess, has freed herself. She must have been close by, because she shows up at the door. She's like, Henry, let's leave! And the monster says, go to both of them, let's them leave. And then looks at Pretorius and goes, you stay, we belong dead. Is the we belong dead to him and Pretorius, or him and the bride? Well, I think it's him and Pretorius, because I think, like, the monster's last little hope was like, well, maybe this other monster will like me. But now even another monster has, like, rejected him. And I think it's, like, him looking at Pretorius being like, you and I belong dead. And the bride just happens to be there. He's like, I barely know you. You could go if you want. Don't care. Between me and him. See, I thought that too, but the more I'm thinking about it, I wonder if it's more him with the bride and, like, all of them. Because it's like, if she'd go off... Her life would be exactly what his life has been like. She'd be feared, she'd be hunted, everything that he's gone through, so they belong dead. Like, there's no life for them out there. Yeah, that makes sense. There's no way they're gonna, like, be able to buy a house on the corner and he works at the corner drugstore, you know. Exactly. But, of course, he pulls the lever, and the tower explodes, and boy does it explode. And the Frankenstein castle was exploded so many times in this entire Frankenstein series. It's insane. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. It just ends. Oh, yeah. The very much like me and Greg have talked about this with a lot of the universal movies. There's not really an ending. It's just like, oh, and oh, fuck. Quick, wrap it up in the last five minutes. Go, 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 go. End. That's it. That's it. The end. Yep. That's just how they were. But yeah, that's Bride of Frankenstein. Holy shit, we finally got there. It was so much fun to talk about. Even all of the little, like, nitpicky stuff I was talking about, I absolutely love this movie. It's, like, perfect. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I love this movie. I watch it a ton of times. I have. Yeah, anything I was joking about and talking about, I don't care. No, it's still amazing. I remember, uh, I think it was last Halloween. I always play like a classic Universal Monster movie on the television outside while I'm handing out uh, candy to trick-or-treaters. And a few of the pair, I was watching Bride of, Bride of Frankenstein. A few parents were like, oh, this is great. Like, I haven't seen this in years. And I'm like, yes, go home and watch it right now. Please bring the monsters back. <laughs> <laughs> they could, come on, children, get away from the man. Oh, I guess that brings us to Count of the Dead, our 200th Count of the Dead. Oh, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Not a bad number, I don't think, for what is a universal movie from the 30s. No. The Throbbing Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Brett, what do you think that number is for Bride of Frankenstein? Oh, I'm trying to think because I know, like, he wipes out, like, the rest of the family at the beginning. He goes on the rampage and kills a few people there. I'm going to say eight. You're going to say eight? Yeah. We got 11. Oh, fuck yeah. We got into double digits in a 1935 movie. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of that rampaging. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. Scout of the Dead. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. Okay, so... That lever... Okay. ...is terrible. Yes. The worst lever you could possibly have in a building of, oh, it just destroys the whole building. Dude, do you know what it reminds me of? What? Remember Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. There's that button that just unleashes all the monsters on the facility. Why is that button there? Why is that a button? So we're going to do what this lever could have been. Okay. So a number one version of the lever, the worst version of the lever, is what we get is that it destroys the building and kills everybody. It reduces you to atoms. A number 10 version of the lever, like you pull this lever, what's going to happen? It's like chicken wings appear and like a beer. That's the best lever that there is. Oh, think how great is that of like, it's free. You don't have to pay $20 for a dozen chicken wings. You get free beer. Okay. That's what I'm saying for myself. What's your lever, Greg? I don't know. Maybe like. Yeah, sure. Chicken wings and beer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. See, best thing there is. Okay. (laughs) Maybe a VHS tape appears. Oh, there we go. Bride of Frankenstein, of course, is a 10 out of 10. I mean, it has to be. We've already basically said it in the episode. It's amazing. It's perfect. It's so much fun every time you watch it. Even though it's not exactly perfect. There's little tiny bits of it, like we've talked about, of like, why they do that? That's weird. The little people are weird. But like... Overall, it's a 10 out of 10 movie. It's one of the greatest movies ever. And it changed so much in an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, um, coming as a shock to nobody, I also went 10 out of 10 levers. Which Ah! adds this movie to the Throbbing Horror Hall of Fame, which is any movie that gets a perfect 10 from both of us. I read all of them on like Throbbies or something. We got another Throbby! (laughs) Hall of Famer, not Throbby. 
Hall of Famer. Well, it, and it gets the Throbby. Yeah, I'll, I'll read off the Hall of Fame during the Throbbies this year. Exactly. But yeah, of course, Bride of Frankenstein is a Hall of Fame movie. That's why it's episode 200. That's why we waited all this time to do it. It was... I could go on and on about it. Yeah. I, I mean, we already did. But yeah, I think most people have seen this movie. If you haven't, do yourself a favor. Go check it out. And on a side note, thank you guys for sticking around with us no matter when you join for 200 episodes. For real. Um, they'll be lucky if they make it to 25 episodes. Boom. 200. We're very appreciative of everyone who's listened all this time. Suck my dick! Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't believe we got to, like, 200 or 200 reviews. Over 200 episodes total. Like, this is insane. Like, I didn't hey, think... Those are bonuses. Those aren't episodes. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, over 200, counting the bonuses. I know. Main episodes, 200. But yeah, I, not thinking we would get to 200 when we first began. It's so awesome. Thank you, everyone that listens. Thank you, everyone that interacts online and stuff. I always like look forward and look forward to getting messages from certain people about the episode and whatnot. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. All right, here's to the next 200. Yeah, let's get to a thousand. Let's beat Rogan. Fuck Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) And we hope that the Bride of Frankenstein has left your brain throbbing with horror. Well, wasn't that a wild and wacky episode? If you enjoyed it, please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, you can also support the show by going onto our Tee Public site and checking out any kinds of the merch that we have on there. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that TikTok thing those kids are on, and YouTube. Just search Throbbing with Horror and look for our pumpkin. And remember to throb on. <laughs>